45 days to the Dublin City Marathon 2023 and we are knuckling down this week on Irishman Running Abroad, focusing in on some of the details of what should be on your plate each and every day during these crucial final weeks. Now, this is a real humdinger of a chat with Sonia. She really loves these nutrition chats and we get all sorts of insights out of her today, including a staple recipe for a meal she believes everyone needs in their training week, whether they're training for the marathon or not. She uh, gives us a spice that regulates your blood pressure that apparently all the elite athletes carry in their back pocket. How to find your carb loading meal time. So what is the perfect time to have that pre-race meal the night before? Sonia reveals that. I go for a run with Joe Wilkinson in Brighton. Yeah, Joe Wilkinson, the comedian from 8 out of 10 cats to uh, find out his unusual and painful way of approaching a marathon. Vinnie Mulvey will be here to advise us on the best mid-race fueling on the market today. And now is, of course, the best time to get this stuff right, lads. We've got the time. As she said last week, there's loads of time. Well, let's get this nutrition stuff right. And last week was the best time to get tickets to see me in the Olympia in Dublin because... I can't believe I'm about to say this. All three nights of your man, my new stand-up show, at the Olympia in Dublin are sold out, gone. Not a single seat left. Can't really. Scratching my head here. Uh, as are, as this is the mad bit. As are all the dates for the Your Man tour, right up to December. There's one or two tickets left for Belfast Ulster Hall in October and New Ross. We've added dates in Dundalk, Clonakilty and others, but those have sold out as well. Now, as far as I know, there are a few tickets left for Killarney next week, but not many. Now, MCD are going to try and add one more date in Dublin, and I will let you guys know first when that happens. Finally, we've no Round the Parishes section in this week's show, but that doesn't mean that you guys haven't been doing amazing running over the past week. One particular shout-out I want to give, which is non-running related, but it is very much connected to Irishman Running Abroad, is our PRO, Seamus McAteer and his partner, Joanne. They uh, received an Excellence in Foster Care Award this week, and that uh, really is well-deserved, so congratulations to them. I may as well do it as well. Paul Brennan absolutely smashed the Kew Gardens half in a time of 1 hour and 20 at a pace of 3.50. That one really stood out for me. I want to give a shout-out to the Dramiskin 5K, Michael Kinahan and Ashling Byrne, all the crew there, Carl Fleming, loads of Irishmen, abroad people down there, Rojo included. Uh, shout out to them uh, Deirdre McRae in Clare Galway who was the first female home in their 5k race uh, a huge huge week of running keep tagging us over on Strava and make sure that you are a member of the Irishman Running Abroad Club there we of course have our meetup run this Sunday in the Phoenix Park as many listeners as possible meeting me to go for 30k or 15k in the visitors car park at the Phoenix Park this Sunday at half eight. Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title. You're logging the miles, but are you filling the tank? Training for a marathon is asking your body to do way, way more than it normally does. If you don't get the petrol, timing 
just right, you can find yourself running on fumes, picking up an injury, or worse, completely tanking on the big day. How do we get the crucial element of marathon preparation just right in training? Pre-race, mid-race, and when you're recovering. We're so lucky to have you, Sonia. We've got the greatest of all time here to give us the the guidance we need because certainly we're flying blind for the most part. It is something that, that gets a bit lost in all of the paraphernalia that comes with marathon running, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you can get a bit overwhelmed sometimes, you know. I suppose you're halfway through your training and you realise everything that you've kind of got to touch on to get the best out of yourself for the marathon. But what we're here to do is to break it down and keep things simple. And, you know, you just kind of take little bike chunks, pieces and and manage it. And then once you get that sorted, it's, it's kind of not a bad idea to make some notes for all the different sections. I think last week we had all about how much you needed to run and, you know, the amount of time left and how you could fit it all in. So that's just one area, the running part. Mm. And then there's the lifestyle, the eating, the recovery. There's so many different sections to it. But if you can make some notes so that, you know, I mean, I find I do this myself. You'd be out running and you're listening to a podcast and there's all these great ideas and notions in there and you think, oh, that's great. But then you forget it. Yeah, so get a pen out. Yeah. That's This is a great idea. We'll obviously have the info that you guys can enjoy. You get an extended <laughs> bit of info over on Patreon if you remember. But uh, yeah, get, get a pen out and get ready here because... Sonia, at the very centre of it, I thought this week myself, trying to spin all the plates of work and parenting, that the mileage is steadily rising and the temptation is to go, I'm allowed to eat anything I want. I mean, I'm, I'm covering all these miles. But really, that, that's wrong, right? That, that'd be the wrong way to go about it. Well, I mean, you can run, you can eat a lot and you can get away with a lot but you can probably be better if you manage you know the food that you're eating better and and just you know just like being better prepared with the running that you're doing if you can be better prepared with the food that you're going to eat then you know all over you're going to be better so it's kind of thinking ahead and planning what you're going to eat on certain days on certain days before longer runs or before sessions, after longer runs, after sessions, all with the idea of working out what works best for you that you might have the day before the marathon, the morning of the marathon, um, so that, you know, when it gets that close to the event that you're not panicking and wondering, what am I going to eat or Mm, what am I going to queue up with here? Yeah. That you actually tried and tested and you know exactly what works. And so then that's one less thing to worry about. We're always rehearsing what we eat before our long run. And this is a topic that's come up many times. And you've always said, find what works and stick with that. Are we in danger if we start with the very first meal of the day of only thinking about breakfast? (laughs) When isn't the meal the night before just as important? And to throw in a third question in this, If we are trying to figure out what's the perfect breakfast for the morning of the marathon, shouldn't we just do that breakfast every single day so that that's what our body expects every morning? You could do that, and some people do. But then 
there's a thing about having something special for special occasions. And yep. I suppose you, if you have the best every day, then what's better? Mm. So it's a bit like when you're training and you can go training every day and you've got the sessions and the runs down that you need to do. But then if the coach turns up, then you're going to be a little bit better. Yeah. Go down in Ballymore Cove, the coach turns up every Tuesday and Thursday with Mary DeBarra on the sidelines. So they're always under pressure. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure in many clubs around the country and, you know, with Billy's group that, you know, it's a once a week kind of thing where the coach turns up. And so that becomes the most important day. Yeah. You want to show and prove. Yeah, you want to show, you you want to impress a little bit, not just the coach, but yourself to feel that you can rise to the occasion and lift a little bit when someone's watching you. And it's it's similar with, with your food and your eating. If there's a race coming up, then you want to be a little bit more prepared because you want to make sure that you're 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 even more prepared than the regular day to day. Like the regular day to day stuff, you can get away with something quick and easy. And, you know, you don't have the time to think about it so much. You know, when you get a race coming up or a big session or a long run that you want to be ready for, then you just put a little bit of extra thought and effort into it. And it's not that much more, but you just make a decision that you're going to get this right today. Hmm. Um, and, and then I think it becomes, then, then you figure it out. Rather than if you do the same thing every day, then it just becomes a bit routine, a bit boring. I mean, it works for some people, but some people just, you need to have that little bit, something special about yeah. the night before a race, the morning of the race, the similar with long runs, yeah. than you know, what you would do every single day. Yeah, there has to be a premium version of what it is that's that's normal. So let's say if porridge would be the one that most people are suggesting as a good meal in the to start the day, you might double up would you on on the day or do something special with the porridge on the day of the race is that what you mean you could and then you were asking me about um these foods that slow burning foods and i was listening to a podcast there last week and a girl was going through all the different levels of oats like which would be the best oats to have yeah and of there course was, there's so many to choose from oh yeah so the the ones that are kind of your everyday oats which many people might have the quick oats Mm. They're kind of more fast-burning food than slow-burning okay. because they're quite processed and they got a bit of sugar in them. Do they? So, you, go, you mean the ones that are in a pre-prepared tub where you just pour the water in up to the line? Yeah, those. I mean, some of those I think you can get with the like the bigger the oats, the better. The Irish oats are pretty good. The what do they call them? Shout out to Flavins. Flavins <laughs> rolled oats. Yeah, and I think the old-fashioned rolled oats, like in America, you can get these ones. I'm sure you can get them over there too. They're called steel. Steel cut. Yeah, I know steel the ones. Steel cut. That's it. Yeah, I I remember asking a fella, "What's the big deal? Like, what? Why would it matter if it's cut by steel or plastic?" And he couldn't tell me. But you're telling me it's well, the slow burn. They're the slowest burning ones, and I think they take a bit more cooking. So they said, because of that, then you should soak them overnight and then they won't can mm. cook like a normal oats um, well so they, again that, you know it takes a, a little bit of preparation to do that yeah but that is a good shout like not let's be honest 
porridge, oats, whatever you want to call it. Not everybody's cup of tea. But I have found the overnight oats, if you can find a recipe, which there are obviously millions of online, a recipe for overnight oats, and you may immediately start enjoying your porridge all of a sudden because it's a different food uh, once it's been, as you say, Sonia, stewed overnight and you can do all sorts with it. Then it doesn't have that slimy feel that you might associate with your childhood. I certainly connected it with misery when I first started uh, eating porridge. I was like, this is Oliver Twist. No, there's nothing joyful about this. When I say add something extra to it, give us an, an idea of what the perfect Sanyo O'Sullivan porridge looks like. What are you throwing in there and what is the extra premium on top? Yeah, well, I suppose for me, it depends if it's summer or winter, whether I have it hot or cold. Um, so if it's summertime, then I'm definitely more along the lines of the um, what it's like the birch or muesli style where you soak it overnight. Um, you might even grate some apples in it and you can soak it in water or you can soak it in milk or you can soak it in yogurt even mm. and then add some berries to it and uh, maybe a little bit of honey or maple syrup. Um, don't go mad. Don't go mad. No, just a little. T- you don't need that much. <laughs> yeah. You just need a quick drizzle of it yeah. and you're fine. A pinch of anything? A pinch of cinnamon? Cinnamon is good. Yeah, cinnamon is really good for... It stabilizes the blood sugar, apparently, which is a good thing in runners. Yeah. Okay. So that's why you would find a lot of runners would carry a bit of cinnamon around with them. Cinnamon. Just on them. Yeah. And have it in your bag and you can shake it on your cereal in the morning. Maybe shake it on a bit of toast. And and it's good in the wintertime, too, because it warms you up as well. It's got a warming effect to it. So there's all these like old wives tales in here, I'm sure that (laughs) you hang on to. But they do have some kind of um, credibility to them because, you know, they're basic, simple things that people have been using for for years and years. And Mm. even for all the new and modern and quick foods that you can have, if you go back to the basic, simple stuff, that still works equally as good. Okay, well, that's breakfast taken care of. Um, Another question I put to you in the WhatsApp was the day to day challenge of marathon prep now that i'm on my second rodeo seems to be having enough energy to be able to do your normal day job whatever that might be and still have enough energy to log your miles in the evening or whenever you do them is there any foods that we should just that we should aim for that slow burn where like is there when you're preparing for a marathon are you going right well i need these these blocks in the in the diet, these particular foods that I know will give that long lasting burn into the evening if I don't get my run in until past seven. Yeah, well, it is a bit tricky for people who have to run in the evening time because, you know, you get to that point where you, you, you always have it hanging over you and then you question yourself, do I have enough energy to do this? But again, I think for people who decide to run in the evening rather than the morning, then eventually they get in a routine and a habit of doing it and they know what food they need to eat during the day that will give them the energy to be able to run in the evening. Mm. Most likely before dinner because it'd be hard to run after dinner and then also, you know, getting the timing right so that they're not eating too too late at night. So, yeah, then you're probably more focused on what you're having for your lunch and that you're having a, a good lunch but not 
too much, right. you know, that it affects your run. When I, I love these kind of nutrition episodes and particularly I always find when I'm traveling that when you move to a new place and I just got back to Portland last night and, you know, you get back to an empty fridge and, a, you know, there's a few things in the cupboards, but nothing fresh. And yeah. you have to kind of reset your own kind of, I suppose, a shopping list. What it's you're going to get. Canvas. So yeah. Yeah, it is a blank canvas and, you know, you want to start off good. So, you know, it's very easy to just kind of pick at things here and there and, you know, not be eaten properly. But if you, as soon as you get somewhere and just like similar when you're training for a marathon, as soon as you can, you decide to write a shopping list and the shopping list is very easy. Like you just go on the line and you say, okay, what kind of foods will give me you know, we all know what they are, but it's nice to see a list of slow burn foods that will sustain energy. And it's amazing when you look up stuff like that, you get a very basic list of really good foods. And if you were to go out there and get all these foods and combine them with some fresh fruit and vegetables, you'd have the perfect diet. <laughs> I had this list here and it goes oatmeal, bananas, yogurt, Sesame seeds, for some reason, are in there. Water, cinnamon, beans, lentils, dates, brown rice, avocado, eggs, cashews, and sweet potatoes. Now, this is not looking up anything that's um, like vegetarian or vegan or nothing like that. But this is what comes up. So these are the basic foods that we need. And we can add on extra things to it, like if we need to get some fish or... Mm. some meat because you know that's where you get the differences in people and what they feel works for them on the protein is always the one kind of interchangeable thing that people have and what they believe works for them you know whether it's the night before a hard session or a long run like would you have a big steak or would you have a piece of fish or would you just have some beans and rice this is the center of your advice it seems like last even last week it was get get to the simplest get get to the simplest version of whatever it is you're attempting to rectify in your training and literally getting the listeners to go online and find slow burning food shopping list is that what they're googling <laughs> foods that are slow burning <laughs> and in a shopping list you'll find those i like as well the focus on lunch rather than dinner because you know, I definitely have struggled with that thing of them after having the massive meal. Now I'm going to have to bounce this around the roads as I take off. But that might be a bit of a, a cheat code for people. Now, my next question you're going to hate, but it is that when you say the extra bits, right, and you add the extras. So we've got our basics and you've added in fish and a bit of food, a bit of meat here. The extras is where I go wrong, right? Because <laughs> I wind up in the wrong aisle, Sonia. And uh, I feel like I've earned these things. <laughs> and, uh, like what? And so suddenly, <laughs> it's like I've got to have some sort of reward at the end of this day. And it upsets the entire apple cart. I want to know, what are those things that you have around to, as you say, pick at, to nibble at? that aren't so bad, that are actually assisting your training in a kind of subtle way that makes it feel like it's a treat? I think nuts. 
<laughs> this would be very boring for people. <laughs> <laughs> Dried fruit. Um, we talked plenty of times about the energy balls that you can make yep. yourself, and you make them. I with nearly the burned the house down making them. Yeah, energy balls. Yeah, yep. they're pretty good. Um, you probably do have to be careful that you don't eat too many of them because there's probably um, there's quite a bit of sugar in dried fruit, particularly the dates. But you know they should be enough to sustain sustain you in one or two of those. Yep. But then you know it depends on the person as well because you know different people are different sizes and require more energy and and will can burn a lot more energy, you know, and maintain their weight and while they're running and they need to do that. Mm. Some people need to be definitely need to be more restrictive than others. And that may be if they're, you know, need to get to a lighter weight because they feel more efficient running by doing that. Then yeah. once you get there, you can kind of fall back into your, um, you know, regular routine again. But sometimes you do have to have smaller meals to get to that point where you need to be that you feel like this is my good running weight here now. Did we speak about this before, about Josh Kerr? Did I speak about him? Yeah, yeah, he did come up yeah. uh, last that week. That was really interesting, that he was very open in how he was discussing Clean eating. Yeah. Clean eating and, you know, focus on the diet and, and weight, whereas a lot of people, they're a bit uncomfortable talking about that. And so because there's such a bit of a taboo about it in, in athletes as well, that it's not a... It's not a weight-focused sport like rowing mm. or boxing where you have to be at a certain weight. Yeah. But and it nearly seems to be a bad thing if you're saying, oh, I need to lose weight because mm. all runners are supposed to be, you know, they're light and skinny anyway. But yeah. You oh. do need to be, you know, a bit, you need to be balanced in your power-to-weight ratio and how you carry yourself. Well, so you think, when you bring that up, there are right, two things real quick. There obviously has to be eating disorders in running. There's eating disorders in everything. There's eating disorders in banking. Uh, you know, p people are getting what we're talking about today all wrong all the time. And some people are very unwell with that balance and trying to approach food in a healthy way. So... What you're saying there about getting the simple stuff right, I recognise and it's worth us acknowledging that you know this is a tricky area for a lot of people. But having people like Josh Kerr talk about it normally and, and actually normalise the conversation around it is definitely a very good thing. I want to ask you really quick, though, Sonia, I'm a salty tongued man. I need some salt. I love I love some peanuts with I know if people have tried the salt and vinegar peanuts, but I mean, they're some bad boys. Uh, Chantastic told me that I nearly ruined her life with salty peanuts. Um, you don't have that pang for salt. But if if one was to, what would you recommend they eat if they were that way inclined? Well, I think when I said nuts before, I meant, you know, raw nuts is yeah, probably the way to go. I assumed, and yeah. they kind of take a bit of getting used to eating them. When you eat them first, you kind of think, oh, there's something missing here. <laughs> but then it's like, um, what has become an acquired taste? You know, when you mix them in with a bit of fruit, um, dried fruit, yeah. sometimes you could even put a few, you know, those dark chocolate drops in there, mm. depending on the time of day and some ginger. And, you know, you make up a nice little trail mix for yourself with a combination of sweet, 
and savoury. I'm trying to think if there's where where you would get the salt in there now, because if the nuts are salted, they're too salty. Um, what I do make when I make my own muesli, so I make the oats and I put them in the oven, and I actually put a bit of salt on them, and yeah. it's very subtle, but it's really good. Yeah, you probably burn and off you, some of the badness of the salt yeah, when, that when way. You, when you really um, notice it is when you get to the end of it, which I'm have this morning. I've got there was some here when I got back from when I left. It's always nice, you know, when you have something in the cupboard that you forgot you left. Yeah, some homemade music, but if it's the end of the jar. The salt all goes to the end. Oh, yeah. Sure. It's the bag of Monster Munch. It's the bottom bit. It's the best bit. <laughs> but, you know, it's still it's still not anywhere near as much as salted nuts. Mm. So we do need salt and mineral in our diet. Um, but probably you need to balance that a little bit and you try and add it to foods that don't have salt rather than buy the foods with the salt on them already. Okay, so you, as you say, you're back there in uh, Portland uh, at Nike HQ with the Union Athletic Club. The pre-classic is on the way. You're back in that world of fine detail and really true calculation of the, uh, what do they call them, the marginal gains. As Vinny told us with the hookah team, they, or the on-running team, just, just mind-blowing how much they're in the weeds as to what is exactly required. Now, when I started down this path this week, one of the first places I stumbled across, they started talking about how to calculate your basal metabolic rate, the rate that is the rate of calories your body needs to function at rest. What do you know about that? And are we about to venture into um, Snoozeville? Um, so wait, what do you mean by that? Is Snoozeville. this going to be super boring? <laughs> it's what I'm trying to say. Oh, you mean what? You mean as you come, as you like, get to this point in yeah, the program? Yeah, yeah like our, our, if we start talking about basal metabolic rate, how to calculate it <laughs> and what, what is about to follow, is this just going to be the most boring thing for anybody to listen to? Uh, well, so and, this is like your weight over your height and... Uh, Yes. Like yeah, your age, it all comes in. <laughs> I'm looking at the calculations and the maths here. Is it a thing that gets, is this the stuff that you guys talk about there at Nike? Or, or is this just something that a magazine puts out there for people that like maths? Yeah, no, we don't really talk about that. No, that's that's very basic though, I'd stop, isn't it? I don't think it's really, I don't know, it's not very scientific. Mm, but um, they're trying to calculate really what, how much you need to be eating, which is what we're talking about here, is yeah, how, how much do you need to train. But it's very general, that, I think. And it's also, it's a bit like calculating your maximum heart rate, you know, 220 minus your age. Mm. I mean, that's very hit and miss. That. Yeah, it's like the BMI. It's, yeah. it's very general. And, uh, you know, what it does is it, though, it produces, if people are doing this, they're, they're looking for a number. They want a number at the end of it where it's like, yeah. per day, I need 2,216 calories and that's ideal for me. But that again, like, here's the thing we also talked about on the show recently was that I was using this glucose monitor, which kept telling me I was eating too many carbs. But I knew I'm going to need every one of these carbs to be able to run the 10 miles that Vinny has prescribed me in the evening. Let's talk about carbs for a minute. 
because are you still are you still wearing the glucose monitor? Still wearing it and oh, wow. still has drawing my, still drawing my conclusions. Like honestly, it has been a massive help, and actually, that is where I think some of the problems lie with this discussion around how do we eat right for training for a marathon. We don't have the feedback that we have with Strava. You run your miles, you see your heart rate, you can see the fitness go up. But when it comes to nutrition, you do not have the accountability and the feedback that you probably could do it. Now, a glucose monitoring system like Limbo that I'm using, if that will work for you, that will really work for you. Uh, for me, it's 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 a little much uh, and probably not not pointed in the direction of the runner it's pointed in the direction of the person that wants to lose weight uh which is which shouldn't really be a consideration should it sonia when you're training for a marathon you shouldn't be thinking i've got to get thin here you should be focusing on i've got to run a good race yeah i mean running a good race is the i suppose that's the objective at the end of the day is that you run the race and you feel good doing it and you're prepared for it um, a bit like in this book that I was reading recently, Noel Carroll, the runner's book, an old book I picked up from when I went to see Vinnie Mulvey hmm. and I'm trying to see now when it was printed. It's just called The Runner's Book, that's it, by runner's Noel Carroll. Yeah. Okay. Noel Carroll, great Irish runner, 800 metre runner and yeah, he doesn't say when it was printed but it must be, well, that's interesting. He must have self-printed it himself, I'd say. Hmm. But it would have been probably in the 80s, most likely, that he printed this book. Right. But he was saying how a marathon, you know, there's been there's so much dramatic stories of people running a marathon because they weren't really prepared to do it when they first started running marathons. But now athletes are much more prepared and they train much more. So there's less unexpected outcome because they're prepared for it. So... It's the same with everything is that you're the more prepared you are, then the better you'll be. Mm. And I think when it comes to food and diet, that you're a bit better picking good foods and the numbers, you get, the numbers are there if you want them, but it's very hard to stick to. It just takes more time. Like I've never in my life counted calories and worked out how many calories in and out but you know by the clothes you're wearing if you're getting fit or not you know by how efficient you feel while you're running if you're getting fit or not I think you leave the table before you get too full you know before you eat too much mm -hmm. that you have to work this out for yourself and you know sometimes it can I suppose we all have this relationship with food that if something is good, we want more of it. But, you know, you don't need more. You just need enough. You can save that little bit for tomorrow. And have it so good that you can have it for your lunch tomorrow again. If <laughs> you don't have these dogs nice. Well, this might be the worst time to uh, bring in our special guest, uh, Joe Wilkinson, who people will know from 8 out of 10 cats. He's yeah. an absolutely <laughs> superb stand-up comedian. He's got a book coming out called Joe Wilkinson, My Autobiography, which I've read parts of. It's an illustrated book. It's a 
an absolutely hilarious piece of literature. You can pre-order that now on Amazon or wherever you get your books. I was in Brighton with him this weekend and he and I went out to do 16 kilometres along the promenade there in Brighton and uh, he revealed a few things to me. hear the seagulls in the background uh, and the chit chat of people around Brighton on a Sunday morning and I'm here with Joe Wilkinson after 16 attritional 10k full scene for me (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I I ducked out the last (laughs) but like it was so uh, hot this is the thing and everyone's been coping with this this week we're down by the sea it's 36 degrees in London this weekend down in Brighton you would think a little bit better no <laughs> this, this was too hot for running but you know Joe also then was insistent that we'd jump in the sea afterwards like it's as close to heaven as it gets right yeah it's lovely yeah I, uh, I now have quite a bad bit of chafing but... <laughs> chafing <laughs> uh, <laughs> like Joe ran the Brighton Marathon and this is what I wanted to ask you about on this walk back oh, yeah, yeah. Sonia said to me years ago when I had a horrible time at the Antrim Coast Half Marathon maybe this long running thing isn't for you <laughs> <laughs> and that's a thought you had when you finished the Brighton Marathon uh, every step of the way I think yeah I uh, no I, it, marathon's on for me I, I just I, I can't cope with it. I was I'm in worse physical state now, two years after having done it. And my toenails. Are, did I tell you six of my toenails fell off? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but like people kept saying to you afterwards, "Are you elated now?" No, and never, you never got that bit. No. <laughs> yeah, isn't it funny that yeah. everyone will tell you, "Oh, marathon's amazing." But you're here to tell people it might <laughs> not, not, not be. Not everyone gets a buzz off it. Yeah. Yeah, I. Yeah, I never really got it. And I, my friend Brian keeps saying, "Oh, you'll." You'll get the, you know, you'll get addicted. You want to do another one? I've never had one yeah. half second of thinking I'll do it. One and done. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad I've done it, but yeah, I'll never do it again. No. It does remind you that halves are such a lovely distance yeah. because you don't need any time off no. work or a therapy afterwards. No, bits don't fall off you. <laughs> yeah. That's now, he, Joe also revealed to me that he didn't drink any water or bring any gels. <laughs> <laughs> and when I asked him, did he practice his fueling? He said he had a big bowl of lasagna the night before. Straight up on a nose, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I didn't do any of the stuff that you, yeah, you sort of... That we recommend uh, on the show, we're going through. Yeah, go through the pot. Um, yeah, I don't, maybe, maybe I didn't prep that well. That's why... Uh, I cramped on and off. You needed it. You needed Sonia Sullivan advising you. But uh, so let's let's put it to you this way: you you are convinced marathons aren't for you. Yeah. You won't run another one. No. But if someone sat you down and said, "Here's how we're going to do it: we're going to plan it, do it just right, and get everything right, get you some proper running socks." Joe has a pair of football socks on right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'd get you all kitted out. Could you be tempted? Uh, no. <laughs> That's that. Well, thanks a lot for bringing me down to Brighton, Joe. <laughs> holding so... me back on my train, which I genuinely did. It was lovely, absolutely uh, lovely. Thanks a lot. That's it for this week. In the free version of Irishman Running Abroad, come on over to patreon.com forward slash Abroad to hear even more, including uh, Vinnie Mulvey, who jumps on to give us his advice on how to race fuel. What's the best stuff on the market today, in his opinion? VinnieMulveyFitness.ie is the place to enlist Vinnie in your running journey. And I have to say this, 
A year ago, I got injured and was completely lost, pretty depressed, and nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. Vinnie Mulvey threw me up on his table. Not only did he CSI Miami what the problem was, but he actually got me out running with him and took me from there to the London Marathon in the space of four months. If that's the kind of care and attention and training that you're looking for, if that's the situation you find yourself in, hope is not lost. There is people like Vinnie Mulvey around the world, but if you are in the Leinster area, he's the man to get involved in your running journey. Uh, Thanks to everyone who's been in touch this week. Don't forget the Strava Club, the Irishman Running Abroad Strava Club, uh, is meeting at half eight in the Visitor Centre car park, Phoenix Park, this Sunday for our 30k long run do 15 do 30 it's up to yourself the main thing is to meet in the cafe and have the crack afterwards and have the chats on the run uh, thanks to Sonia thanks to Vinny thanks to all of you uh, for listening and come on over again to patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad to hear the rest of this great chat one of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically you know exercise wise Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress.